0: Mmm, I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is scotch scotch. Here it goes down, down into my belly.
1: Mm-mm.
2: This brand is truly exciting and so glad that they are starting to make a positive impact. Little Bean Soapery is a woman-owned small business based in Northeast Pennsylvania. Little Bean Soapery does so much as all products are handcrafted and offer many different things for both men and women. Soaps, scrubs, body butters, bath bombs, solid cologne, and much more. Little Bean Soapery also does things for special occasions such as birthdays, Mother's Day, Father's Day and special seasonal gift sets, but also let's not forget large orders for party favors by request. The great things about all products is that they are crafted to be nourishing on the skin. If you wish to check them out, please feel free to visit littlebeansoapery.com. Any questions, please feel free to also email Littlebeansopery at gmail.com for custom inquiries and or ask anything
0: else
2: you wish. Tell them that Elena from Crazy Train Radio sent ya.
0: Also, little side note, please feel free to check out Little Bean Soapery out in person at the upcoming Monster Mania Outdoor Little Mall of Horrors, May 22nd and 23rd in Oaks, PA as they will be bringing some themed items including cauderin bombs, brain scrubs, jiggle soap, any bombed cold process soaps.
3: I'm Amanda Page Cornett. You're listening to Crazy Train Radio.
0: Folks, it's your least favorite host in a podcast world, Croc Jonathan Steele,
2: and I'm Elena, your favorite host from the Emerald Isles.
0: Boy, do we have a good one for you today! <laughs> this singer-songwriter, and she's dabbled in acting as well. Let's not forget, <laughs> is bringing southern rock and soul to Nashville. You can truly. Feel the passion for her music in the latest single Carolina Coast she is the pride of Spartanburg South Carolina gotta love that and also a graduate of University of Florida go Gators
1: yeah go Gators
0: <laughs> I, do, I do have a Gators helmet sitting in my other office So awesome please welcome Amanda Page Cornette. how are you doing this evening
3: Thank you, I'm great, how are you?
0: Can't complain, and first and foremost, I mentioned it there, Carolina Coast. What's the reaction been so far?
2: We've had
3: a great reaction. Um, we released the single and then the music video as well, and it's been really well, well received. Um, we'd love to get it to the Commerce Bureau of South Carolina, North Carolina, whatnot, to try to get it to be used by their Chamber of Commerce, which would be awesome for some of their commercials or whatnot. And we're still working on that. But from people in general, I think that we hit the mark. We wanted to take people to the beach with us. And I feel like we did just that.
0: And the good thing is, if the Chamber happens to hear this, remember the royalties, folks. (laughs) That's right. You yeah, for, know, for commercial play and all that, let's not forget the business side. Let's take care of uh, Amanda, but also the good old band of Almost Angels.
1: So,
3: yes, yes.
0: Well, let me bring that up be- before, because I'm going to insert the song into this as well. So okay. people can, can hear it. And obviously, we'll be sharing links to website, Facebook, social media, YouTube, all that stuff so they can get the music as well. But awesome. I found that Almost Angels was interesting because it is a sibling trio in the band. So can you talk about that element?
3: Yes, we have been I've been playing with uh, Randall Scott Peterson, Sherry Peterson and John Peterson for a little over 10 years. Um, and like you said, they're siblings. Sean and Sherry are twins, which right now we have a fill in drummer um, who's also named Sean, so it makes it easy. But um, because the twin has gone back to Georgia for a little while, but they have been playing music all their lives together, or at least all the twins' lives because they're younger. And they are extremely talented and we just really get along well. And in Nashville, it's, it's very unusual to have a solo artist play with the same band for this long. And so I feel very, very fortunate that they've stuck with me and they've really become a part of my sound as well.
0: And that's definitely great with this sound and coming out of the song, I want to talk about influences and music and stuff some more. So let's go ahead and play Carolina Coast right now. Coming out of playing that wonderful song of Carolina Coast, <laughs> you like how I did that. She's giving me the thumbs up. Thank God for post-production, uh, folks.
1: <laughs>
0: hey, I like to be honest with everybody. It works. When I first heard it earlier this morning, I had a chance to sit down and listen in between chasing some midgets around the house who broke in. <laughs> I got the vibe from you because, like I said in the intro, you tend to try to bring Southern rock and soul to your sound with the band and all. And I got the vibe, and tell me if I'm wrong here. I've been wrong before and <laughs> probably be wrong in the future. It seemed to have a feeling of Pam Tillis with the sound of your voice. Cool. But, yeah, I don't know if that you ever heard that kind of thing. <laughs> I've heard different
3: ones, but uh, you know that's I've, I'll take it. I mean, of course, I've liked her. I've I've loved her music over the years and such, and so I can't can't say that's a bad thing at all. I think that's a compliment.
0: Well, let's go there then. You know, who have you had uh, comparisons to from
3: from other people? I've well, I, I describe my music as somewhere between the Judds and Janice Joplin, which is was the first single off the CD, the album that we put together, Front Porch Rebel. And I do it, because I've described myself as that somebody said, you should write that song. So I got together with Mark and and we wrote the song because it really does fit because. The Juds were a, definitely a little bit of a mixture of blues and southern and country and rock um, more on the countryside. And then Janice Joplin, her style of rock would actually probably be on, on the country rock side of things now. The Southern Rock thing with that raspy voice, yeah, and so uh, but it made her stand out. Oh, absolutely. At one, I've had Crystal Gale brought up before, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and I don't know, I I, I think there have been a few other people I'm just blanking right now,
0: (laughs) yeah, yeah, no, no, I don't hate to put you on the spot like that, but it's funny with uh, (laughs) that because I've had people hear the intro. You know, we've had a couple of different intros in nine years at this point, and we're going on nine years. That's and they awesome. think, and they think, what in the hell does a show like Crazy Train think? And I think rock like Ozzy and this, that, and the other. They go, "You certainly have a lot of country influences," but I like to say we also like to give a little music education. It's not just one box per se.
3: And what music is one box these days? There you go. That is is the way I look at it. I feel like my music is a a melding of Southern rock, country and blues, which is why I call it Southern rock and soul. And I don't feel the need to pick a genre. So some of my songs would be good for blues radio. Some would be good for country. Some would be good more on rock stations and that's okay.
0: Yeah. And speaking (laughs) of influences, and I know you had a chance to play with some gentleman named Tim Lawther, who was with oh. one of your favorite bands growing up, Marshall Tucker Band. So what was yeah. that like for you?
3: It was a lot of fun. It was really fun. My um, band jokes that I replaced them with really, 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 really great people anytime they have to sub in. So Tim Lauder played bass for us one time when Sherry couldn't be there. Um, Artemis Powell from Leonard Skinner played drums with us one time when uh, Sean couldn't make a show. And so, you know, it's it's been really awesome to be able to meet a lot of these Southern rock or legends. And they truly are really humble these days. They might not have always been, but... (laughs) But they are now, and it's, it's, it's been really it's been a blessing as, long, as well as some of the people like in Muscle Shoals, uh, Spooner Oldham, Mark Norma, some of those guys. It's been really, really great meeting these people and seeing how humble they are and how supportive they are. And I hope to keep that attitude throughout my career.
0: Yeah, and Mr. Pyle there from the legendary band of Leonard Skinner is a member yeah. of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yes, and things. they were a Florida band as well, so there's another little tie there because we mentioned she went to school mm-hmm. in at the University of Florida. But the other thing that stood out to me when doing some notes and whatnot was <laughs> you wrote your first original song at 13, and I've spoken with some younger artists, mm-hmm. and... One who is recently, and I'm having a brain fart. It's one of those days. <laughs> she is 17 now. Graduated school and is almost done her associates at 16. She's one wow. of those. Then there's, you know, Emmy Lou's Sunshine, who's probably 15, 16 at this point. You know, she did, you know. So anyway, before I get sidetracked, write in your first original song at 13 hard to believe the creativity at such a young age not just yourself but all these types of folks because 13 you know most people are i like to keep it real you know you're going through puberty you're doing this (laughs) no you're going into high school you're doing it you know i mean there's just so much at 13 14 15 years old it's like it just blows my mind that, you know, when you know, there's just so much going on for a person at that stage of life and you're having this creative outlet. So what was it you go, hmm, let me try this at 13?
3: Well, I, I really actually I started writing at nine and I performed one of my original songs for the first time at 13, which was pretty awesome. Um, but I really started making up songs probably as soon as I could talk. And I finally just started writing them down when I was nine. So (laughs) um, it's very interesting to go back. And I have a a notebook of all of my original songs. Even from when I was nine years old. Okay. Sometimes it's a little scary to see what I wrote about. And I'm like, why did I know about that? I shouldn't
0: have. (laughs) That's what I was saying.
3: Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. And I have to keep that in mind because you know, as adults, a lot of times people forget that eight, nine year olds, they know a lot about life. And when I look back at some of the stuff that I wrote about, I was like, yeah, I knew a lot more than people probably gave me credit for back then. And it's interesting. And and every now and then I'll go back and I'll be looking through these songs that make me laugh. And I'll find a one little line that is actually a really genius line that I could Take and turn into another song now. so
0: Exactly. And it's funny that you say that. You go as far as the writing 9, 10, you know, mm-hmm. and so on there. And as we're talking at such a, I wouldn't say primitive age, but that's not the right word, but just that it's such a stage of one's life that we're talking about. And it's funny you say that because I look at my four year old niece
1: mm-hmm. and,
0: you know, just how the world has been as far as, you know, we don't need to get in that Corona and this, that, and the other (laughs) stuff. Yeah. Just seriousness of the world. And she will say stuff to me and you go, you walk away going four years old. How in the hell do you know Mm -hmm. about, or why are you talking about that? That, you know, there's no way. Can't you just be a child?
3: Right. Yeah. I, I, I think it's it's definitely, it has definitely taken a toll, I think, on kids. I think that the parents that have done, in my opinion, as not a parent, I think that, yeah, I think some parents have instilled fear, but I think a lot of, I know a lot of my friends have tried to instill a healthy respect for, like, the virus or whatnot, and said, you know, we don't need to be fearful of it, we just need to be cautious, so that allows their children to still be children. Whereas I think fear takes away some of that childhood. And I think that too many of us try to become adults too quickly. I think there, I don't know who actually said it first because it's attributed to a couple of different people, Maya Angelou and some other people. So I'm not really sure who actually said it, but I really love the quote, the creative adult is the child that survived. I like that. And, And I love that because I don't ever want my inner child to die. And as adults, it's hard to keep that creativity going. It's hard to keep that childlikeness going. And I'm actually a big believer that truly mature people know it's okay to be silly and have fun. It's the people that don't know how to be silly and have fun that like are trying too hard.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that's what we try to do here. But like we, like we were saying, though, it's just mind boggling, at least for me, like you don't have my own kids and whatnot. But it's like, can't you just be a kid?
3: Right. You know, you right. know just to, play. You know,
0: you, you'll have <laughs> You'll have enough to worry about as you get older. You know, it's like, don't
3: yeah. So. When people ask me what I want to be when I grow up, I say I want to be a kid.
0: I want to be. Yeah,
3: I want to be a kid when I grow up.
0: Yeah, I I got a couple similar <laughs> responses similar <laughs> to that. Anyway, I mentioned the acting as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you've did a little bit of here. There's been some music videos and some this that other yeah, little things. But the one <laughs> thing that uh stood out, and I'd like to know about, is Junkyard Dog because obviously some of the people who will listen to this will go Junkyard Dog. Are you talking about the wrestler?
3: I, I know it's kind of funny that there's, there are multiple movies, the same name, um, but it's actually a movie with Vivica Fox in it and Brad Dourif. It's a, I would say horror thriller. It is not for kids. <laughs> Good.
0: I was going to say, especially because our, some of our audience are a lot of the audience is horror fans. So they'll appreciate that you worked with Chucky.
3: Yeah. Yes. It was a uh, quite a, it was interesting. Luckily, I'm I'm not in anything that's scary, so like, if you get to my part, you can stop if you don't like horror movies, but uh, basically I got to play myself. It was crazy. I got to audition to be a stunt double for one of the lead characters, and we had similar facial features, but weren't even close to the same like height, stuff like that, <laughs> but I got to talking with the gentleman that owned the property, and he said, oh, they're still looking for songs, so I said, well, hey, I'll teach you some songs and they ended up choosing he's looking better with every shot to be in the bar scene. And uh, it was so much fun. Uh, We got to go up on stage and sing and Vivica Fox, her character comes up and interrupts me in the middle of the song. And it's kind of it's a real redneck kind of bar. And so here comes this, you know, this black female FBI agent. everybody's like what's going on here you know kind of thing but she was awesome she was really friendly to work with and it was it was a really great experience interesting because in LA I wouldn't have even been eligible to be a stunt double
0: that's a whole nother
3: because of the unions and everything it's it's a it's a huge industry even the stunt industry is Mm -hmm. uh but it was really cool because I got to work with it was the second time I've actually gotten to work with some LA um stunt people and it was really fascinating. Um, it was a lot of fun actually, but I didn't, this time I ended up not doing the stunts, but still I got to meet the people. And I previously had worked on a Toby Keith mini movie where I got to be in it with some stunt doubles or some stunt people from LA. And it was a lot of fun. We like had to just kind of sit there and let them do the action so that we didn't get hurt. But, uh, it's pretty cool that, I mean, just having gymnastics experience, I guess, qualifies me in Nashville to
1: addition to this title.
0: <laughs> Yeah. But just when you first initially said that made me think of that, what's the old line? Uh I guess it was Sesame Street or something. Which one of these is not like the other? Right. Since you bring that up working with Toby Keith on a mini movie, was he actually there involved or was it just his name attached?
3: Oh no, no. He was there. He and Larry the Cable Guy were both there both days. It was two day shoot. Um, it was the, what was it? Um, the Adventures of Big Dog Daddy and Possum Boy. And it was like, a, it was a movie trailer for a fake movie that was like basically the opening for his concert series that year. Oh, okay. So it was, it was really I- funny. So they were superheroes. I think it was uh, maybe Ford truck as well. Type thing, promo sponsorship, co- you know. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun though. I mean, and they were actually they were both on set. Um, it was the second time I'd gotten to work with Larry the Cable Guy and yeah! super super na- super nice guy and
0: oh, one um, of the best.
3: Yeah, so it was pretty fun. That I mean, that was a long time ago, but it was it was still a lot of fun. Got to be a biker chick.
0: Love Larry. He's probably one of my favorite modern day comedians. That's for sure. But Now, with something like that, last question for you, since we're on that topic, when you work with somebody who's become legendary in the modern era of music, and obviously there's a certain professionalism on set and whatnot, but do you say to Toby, oh, by the way, I'm a musician as well?
3: Well, here's the funny thing with that one. So I had actually met Toby a few months before a friend of mine was working a gig at 12th and Porter and he texted me and said, Hey, Toby Keith's here to see a friend of ours band. And so I took a copy of one of our songs. Cause I knew that Toby Keith was one of the few people that would definitely appreciate our song soldiers girl. So it was just like a demo version. It was an, a, just a guitar acoustic version. And I, I didn't want to germ him, which is kind of the, bothering somebody you know famous whatever but i went up to him and i was like hey man i said i appreciate everything you do for the military you know i'd really love for you to listen to the song if you're willing a lot of a lot of big artists won't take stuff because they're afraid of somebody accusing them of stealing songs or whatnot um but he did take it and so it was funny because i went up to him again at the on the movie set (laughs) and i said hey, I met you a few months ago. Do you ever get a chance to listen to Soldiers Girl? And he said, I didn't. he said, can you bring me a copy tomorrow? And so the next day I brought him a, a much better labeled copy. And he called me up on the bus before he left and said, were you able to bring it? I was like, absolutely. And I gave it to him. He said, cool, I'll listen to it on the plane tonight and have somebody reach back out to you. I mean, I would have been fine even just with that. That was awesome. Uh, but he actually did have a, somebody call me and just, like, say, hey, we've turned this over, to already in our company, we just want to let you know we listen to it and stuff. So that was pretty, that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, because, like you said, there's a, uh, especially with music, but also I learned about it within the movie side of things, too, because mm-hmm. I was talking with a writer recently, I'll try this in English tonight, <laughs> that he was discussing about just that fine line that people might think of plagiarism and all that fun stuff, but it was cool to hear that you had a good experience with him.
1: Yeah.
3: I think he remembers what it was like beforehand.
0: Yeah. When he was still working in those oil fields in Oklahoma, you know, trying to make a break in music. So, but folks check out Carolina coast that you heard here, but go and get it. Links are to her Facebook or YouTube, the website, (laughs) go purchase support these younger artists you know these up-and-coming artists that may not have the biggest of breaks yet let's just say that right right so (laughs) let's get them noticed and that's a beautiful part of where we're at today take the good and the bad but I say mostly good support their music help them make that next step
3: absolutely
0: Amanda, thank you so much.
3: Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Hey. SignatureHorror.com. That's right, SignatureHorror.com. Hey, you guys, this is Allie Pauline, and
3: you are listening to Crazy Train Radio.